Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. With more than 35 years combined industry experience, Alex Husner and Annie Holcomb have teamed up to connect the dots between inspiration and opportunity, seeking to find the one story, idea, strategy, or decision that led to their guest's big aha moment. Join them as they highlight the real stories behind the people and brands that have built vacation rentals into the $100 billion industry it is today. And now it's time to get real and have some fun with your hosts, Alex and Annie. We'll be back in a minute after a word from our premier brand sponsor, Wheelhouse, the ultimate revenue driving machine. We began using revenue management dynamic pricing tools, as I said, in March of 2020, because we got to the point in the growth of our company where we either needed to hire a person for rate management or we needed to bring technology on. For me and the way that I like to manage our, our, our rates, it was, it was just a better decision to bring in technology to help with that. That's Lance Stitcher, owner of Seaside Vacation Rentals. Lance and his wife, Elaine, managed 280 condos and beach homes in Ocean City, Maryland and Chincoteague Island, Virginia. This innovative duo has leveraged dynamic pricing and technology to 10x their business over the past two and a half years. We sat down with Lance to find out how Wheelhouse has played a huge role in this growth. Where exactly have the revenue gains come from? They came in all seasons. We trusted dynamic pricing and a, and a home that booked for 4000 a week all of a sudden was able to book 6000 a week. And we, and we really had a hard time wrapping our heads around that. But it began, it actually began to, to become the norm. Some of our properties in the off season, the owners, uh, the owners previously had notions of, of what their home was worth on a minimum night. And, and maybe that number was $300. And uh, Chicatiga and Ocean City are extraordinarily seasonal markets. The rate management tools are telling us that maybe that rate is is, uh, is is 140 during the week and 175 on the weekends. And had a lot of owners that scoffed at that and said, "No, I'm I'm going to hold the line." And I had a handful of owners that uh, that said, "Okay, we'll we'll try it your way and see what happens." And we went from doing in certain buildings, we had condo units that went from virtually nothing or thousand fifteen hundred dollars a month to doing over eight thousand a month. Revenue management has become a critical element of Seaside's strategy for homeowner acquisition and retention. How does Lance use the information from Wheelhouse to help him win new owners and keep existing ones? We'll hear about that later in the show. It's all part of Wheelhouse's spotlight on exceptional property managers. Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. I'm Alex. And I'm Annie. And we're joined today with Corinne Oki, who is the VP of Client Experience at Breezeway. Corinne, welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So we we all go way back, right? I mean, I think we've known you for several years now. And the nice thing is that all these conferences, we get to see everybody at all of them and you're at them just like we are. So it's always fun getting to catch up with you, but, um, and have followed your, your career path from uh, flip key and into breezeway over the years, but for our audience that might not be familiar with you, can you give a little bit of your history and background? Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, like many folks in this industry sort of fell into it. Um, I, you know, have a, I started my career in publishing, um, and, was ready to make a change and found out about the opportunity at Flip Key. Um, for those who don't know, Flip Key was a um, essentially an OTA and a guest review collection platform. So we really sort of introduced that concept 
of guest reviews into the industry, at least forward-facing pre-booking guest reviews. And um, I joined their team as the eighth employee back in 2008. So that was um, before the vacation rentals were starting to be listed on TripAdvisor and and spent uh, the first seven years of my career in in the industry there um, and learned so much. I did sales. I did account management. Um, I worked with uh, clients basically all over the world. I remember first starting in my um, territory was everything that didn't touch the East Coast, um, which is a lot. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I really, really got to learn a lot about um, different markets and what was happening. And, and like I said, I was there for uh, seven years through the buyout um, of TripAdvisor. And um, at that point in 2015, I was just sort of ready to make a change and um, actually left the industry for about a year and a half uh, until I got a call from Jeremy Gall, who's uh, was one of the founders of Flipkey and is also the founder of Breezeway. Um, and he asked if I um, asked, actually asked me what I was doing um, a weekend in October. And it just so happened to be uh, a VRMA conference. And I put two and two together and I said, well, Am I going to VRMA? And um, <laughs> and funny story, it was actually at Wild Horse Pass. Um, and so my very first VRMA in 2008 was also at Wild Horse Pass. So it really felt like we were coming full circle um, and, and looking at this opportunity at Breezeway. Um, and at that point, you know, it was a very small company. They had a lot of concept and we um, had the opportunity to meet with friends from within the industry, introduce what we were doing, get some feedback. Um, and then I joined the team at Breezeway in 2017 as their um, their first hire. So uh, it's been quite a ride and I've been there now for over five years. So, wow. That's awesome. And and that's, you're, you're talking about the wild pass that's Alex and I call that signs. Like it's just a sign that you were supposed to be where you're supposed to be. Yeah. That's super exciting. I'd love to hear more about kind of the, the Flipkey TripAdvisor. And I worked in property management and then was obviously at Expedia for several years. And so the TripKey flat, the TripKey Flipkey Travel Advisor thing. <laughs> I've done that so many times. <laughs> I did it many times. <laughs> TripKey is not a bad name. <laughs> no, it's really not. It's our next company. He's Googling, is that domain available? Yeah, right. I know. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I think that um, it, during that time when it, I think when all, uh, things were happening, people were very excited about what that was going to mean with Flipkey going to tri- TripAdvisor. I know like TripAdvisor has spun out of Expedia. And I remember thinking at the time when I joined Expedia, like, why did they sell it? Like, and and internally it was kind of like, well, it was kind of dead weight. And then all of a sudden it took off. So you were yeah. kind of there about that time, I think, when it when it sort of took off. So can you kind of shed some light on that? Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting. You know, I, I think you, you guys have been in the industry, as as we all know, right, for, for a long time. And, and so you've sort of seen the evolution of um, and sort of the consumer understanding and sort of the influence that, that VR has has really had. But, you know, at that point, um, I, I don't think I think we were still more of that like cottage industry generally. Right. And it wasn't it was an, an all. I remember first um, when we first started talking to TripAdvisor, it was an alternative lodging accommodation type, um, and it didn't really have its own sort of category on the site. And as the buyout um, of, of Flipkey in 
uh, as that happened, we started to say like, hey, this is a huge industry and they're really, well, I didn't say, but the the team said, um, you know, this is a huge industry and, and we really need the, it's a standalone and, and the recognition. And, you know, this was pre-Airbnb. Um, and, and so it was really interesting to see um, how that really started to drive um, guests, right? As soon as it was really offered up as an accommodation, um, we really started to see a big influx of, and we continue to see, I think, in the industry, uh, an influx of new guests who aren't specifically used to staying in a vacation rental. And, and you know, certainly there are challenges with that. But um, but that time at TripAdvisor um, was really interesting because we really saw, you know, coming from the the small business that FlipKey was being then bought in and brought into the TripAdvisor family. And TripAdvisor has, I mean, they have flights, they have hotels, they have activities. Um, it's, it's really a really big stretch across the travel industry. So being able to fill a part of that was was really interesting. And we spent a lot of time understanding what was important to managers. I think that was something we did really well at FlipKey, uh, was really talking to people and, and asking the questions to understand what was going to make the most sense for the business. You know, when we first started, you had the opportunity to uh, collect reviews and respond to those reviews. And we provided widgets that you could put on your website yeah. and all of that stuff. But initially, you didn't sort of have the control over does a negative review sit on your website, right? And as we continue to become more and more, um, you know, more and more, have more and more knowledge about what was really important to managers, it wasn't, hey, I don't want to have a bad review, but I don't want to push these reviews and push a negative review on my own site. So we really spent a lot of time understanding the business and the needs of the industry to build that product. And I think it's it's really interesting because it's something that Jeremy has continued to do as we've moved into Breezeway is really understanding what's important and the, the specific needs and the unique needs of this industry so that the product that we're building really does mesh well and, and align with, the, with, um, with how the operations happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I remember we used FlipKey. That was the first OTA that we were on at Condo World. And that was definitely in the early days of my career here. I think that was probably like 20, 2009, 2010 that we were on there. And it was, it was a really great experience. And, you know, as to see the evolution of where OTAs have gone and the problems and the the negatives that we all see with some of them, you guys had it right <laughs> in a lot of ways. And it was, I mean, the API at that point was probably very you know, rudimentary compared to what the, is available now, but it worked, you know, and yeah. we've, gosh, Annie, we've talked to some people that kind of speak to that same thing. Um, Julie from Cabo Villas, um, which Love is Julie. a hybrid OTA property management company. She said the same thing that, you know, they struggled with getting APIs to access some of this hotel type inventory. And they just went back to the basics in the last year and ended up just doing it's it's more of a, a manual process with the rates and it's more of like a, a contact form type thing. But she said that their bookings have been through the roof. So sometimes the things that you you think would never outpace uh, modern technology actually give it more of a personal touch. But uh, you know, it's interesting seeing TripAdvisor too, because so much has gone on with that company, you know, since those days and they kind of beha- became the behemoth and a lot of people really didn't like them for a long time. I know the tours and attractions industry now is kind of still reeling with them and, and how they're taking business and all, all sorts of stuff. But 
it's, it, I don't know. It, it's, I just pulled up Flipkey and it's, it doesn't really look like the site's been updated in a long time. So oh, I haven't been I, on it in ages. Yeah. You know, it's interesting though. I think coming back to, you know, what Julie was saying when we, I remember, you know, at that point we were a paper lead, um, platform, right? Yeah. So you paid per call, you paid per email, but you got all of that information. So then it was yours to remarket and to do all of those things. And, and, and it's so funny looking back, right? Like at the time, everyone was like, this is too much. I don't want to spend this. I, you know, I, uh, there was, oh, there were all of, there was all of this feedback. And then when Airbnb came in and sort of introduced this paper booking, and then that sort of became the path that so many um, of the OTAs ended up going down. Um, I, I hear all the time as I talk to people who, you know, worked with us when, when we were at Flipkey, gosh, what we wouldn't give to go back to the paper lead model yeah. um, it, for our businesses. And so I think, you know, going off of what you said, Alex, about, you know, Julie's feedback is that sometimes like, all of the modern technology is great, but, but it, it does take, it does make sense to sign it, take a step back and look and see like what really is going to benefit the business and, and give yeah. you the most bang for your buck. Well, and giving us the reviews, that was the big part. Like yeah, at that yeah. point, I don't think we had any process in place to be able to generate our own reviews and nobody really did at that point. And, you know, Flipkey kind of started that whole trend, but to be able to show those on our site was great. I remember we were so all in on Flipkey and TripAdvisor. We had in our header, the logo that said like five stars, Flipkey, TripAdvisor, but like we were all in on supporting and and making sure that was well known, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. And and, and interesting too, that Jeremy's path took him from this into software. And I mean, I think to some extent the the mentality has continued on the same, same vein, obviously, I mean, he's brilliant in what he does and how he's built these companies, but, um, you know, really trying to build something that caters to the needs of the property managers. So, and that might be a good segment to kind of get you into talking about Breezeway, but, um, how, how, how did those early days transpire? What are your memories from that? Um, well, I feel like it, the five years that I've spent has, has felt far longer, right? Because you're, as a startup, you're just doing so much. And, and I wore a lot of hats and, and I always, when I'm, you know, talking to prospective, um, candidates to join our team, they're like, well, what, what does your path look like? And, you know, I often joke that I, I did a lot of things that I wasn't qualified to do. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I gave my, I, my feedback and my, my opinion and, um, but the early days were, I think it's it's one of those things. Not everyone is cut out to work at a startup, um, and and you have to be agile and, and able to sort of pivot as needed. But you know, those were sometimes sometimes looking back, they're the hardest days, but they're also the best days because we learned so so much, um, and we you know we had this opportunity to have a, a small product, and it is definitely a challenge you see as you get larger. Um, it becomes more difficult to really customize for every client and every client's wants. But when you're first starting out, it's like a client says, oh, you need this. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Of course, let's build it. And then as you get bigger and and larger and you have a a larger client base, um, that certainly becomes uh, a little bit more difficult to do because what this client wants, someone else hates that idea. And so, you, you know, you then sort of have to look at the larger scale and scope and impact of, of anything that you're rolling out. But, you know, those early days were, were fun. They were exhausting, but we learned so much. And I think that so much of what we learned at that time still influences what we do today. It still influences the, the features that we roll out and the thought processes behind how we roll them out and how we build tools and, and things within the platform. 
um, for our clients to to leverage. And so um, I think we were very lucky. Um, you know, we we saw a lot of immediate success, partially because it was sort of an untapped market. Um, in that there really wasn't anything that was really niche focused on the actual operations of a of the industry. Um, so, so that really kind of gave us a, a, a heads up. But it also, um, because we listened and because it was built for the property managers, it it really resonated and was impactful at, at first um first implementation. And we didn't always get it right. I don't want to, you know, set the the tone that everything we did was perfect. And um, there were clients that it didn't work for um, at the time, but it's been really rewarding to see some of those folks who joined us really early on and sort of took a chance, recognize that this isn't doing what I need it. And now we're seeing a lot of those folks circling back and saying, hey, we're hearing so much great stuff about what you're doing. Let's see if, if it meets our needs now. And, and I'm really excited that we've been able to to continue to, to add on to the product to do that and um, and are seeing really good success. So feel really lucky. But the the early days were hard. They were educational, but they were also super rewarding. And I don't think that we not put that in that we would be where we are today. So yeah, I think one thing that I've learned and and I think Alex, we talk about with a lot of people is that you know it's the further you're pushed outside of your comfort zone, the more learnings you can get. And the more well-rounded it makes you. And at the time, it seems like, why am I doing all of these things? But then you looked at, you look back over it and you're like, this is exactly what I needed to do to get me to the position that I'm in now to make me more, you know, more well-rounded, make me understanding. For me, it's it's about, I've learned a lot of ways to be empathetic with all sides of the equation. So from property managers and OTAs and the channel management side, you just talk to so many different people. And it's it's really important to have those learnings and have that discomfort in the beginning because yeah. it just makes you stronger. Um, you said, you said the but, um, it, it feels like it's been a long time. And I think we all can agree that COVID, while it was a year, 18 month, 18 to 24 months at, at, at worst, it felt like 10 years. I mean, I feel like we all aged yeah. and just experienced so much. But um, one of the things that we've seen in kind of a comment there talking to our guests is that uh, COVID, again, for vacation rentals was probably lightning in a bottle. We're never going to get what we've experienced in terms of the growth and the attention. And I was curious, do you think that COVID was a catalyst to help Breezeway grow and, and get more people to adopt using their function, your functionality? Absolutely. I mean, I, I've said this um, many times, right? I think we were incredibly blessed by um, the the impact that COVID had on, on the industry. I, I also think that what it what it really did is it highlighted this part of the business that is so incredibly instrumental in any business's success. And it really started to sort of to shine some light on that. And so, um, you know, every company was always cleaning units, right? Every, every company was always going in and they were, um, they were inspecting and they were doing maintenance and they were doing their cleans. But I think it's, it's one of those things where like when, when it, when the focus isn't on it, it's really easy to sometimes get complacent. And, um, and I think that as an industry, we might have been, we might not have been putting the focus where it really needed to be. And I think COVID absolutely did that. And as a system that helps with, you know, property care and operations and making sure that cleans are completed and they meet your brand standards, um, we were we were sort of uniquely positioned to really provide that sort of accountability and transparency that businesses needed, um, not only for their own peace of mind, right? Because I think in in a number of situations, we sort of 
have to remember the fact that there are, are three clients that these property managers are um, are sort of servicing. And you're servicing your your owners, certainly, your guests, obviously. But you're also servicing your, your internal teams or your employees or oh, your contract yeah. partners. Yeah. And so this sort of, I think COVID really said, okay, we need to highlight what we're doing to clean. And we need to highlight that to our guests and to our owners to drive confidence. But we also need to really make sure that we're taking a step back and we're doing the right things for our teams. Right. Um, And I think that was really, that was really powerful. And I I think that as an industry, we continue to be better as a result of that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's hundred spot on. I mean, you have to start with how it's going to benefit your team and impact them to do their job better, because if you do that right, then all the other things fall in line. So you're more efficient. So the guests are happier, the units are cleaner, you're making more money, but I think it has to start at that. The the core of it is what is going to make it easier for everybody to get the job done. And, you know, we've talked to a lot of people that the complaint is, and, and I agree, is that, I mean, there's so many different softwares out there right now. And a lot of companies have to use like five or six to do their core vital parts of the business. And that's a lot to ask, you know, yes. I mean, that's, that's a lot to ask a manager to have all these different places that you have to go. And especially if they don't talk and, you know, in connection there and, you know, the, our listener base for this podcast, we've been really you know, just intrigued to see it's, it's a really healthy mix of companies that are more, you know, between the 100 to 400 range, like more kind of like a condo world, or there's, there's a lot that are new to the industry that they have between one to 20 units, you know, and they're just yeah. getting into it. And I think as technology moves forward, that's going to be the, the, the challenge, but also the opportunity for companies like a breezeway to develop things that cater to both sides where, you know, most of what you've built in the past probably is more, built on that kind of like enterprise level, multiple, multiple units, multiple locations, but these new groups of people that are coming into it, which is the vast majority. I mean, I think Annie, what was, um, who was on the show recently that said it's like 54% of vacation rentals are a single owner. So, I mean, yeah. the, more than half yeah, of the inventory that's available to rent is also mm-hmm. that category. Um, but can you speak to that a little bit about how the, how your software does it? work with companies of all size? And is that a focus to make sure going forward that you can cater to different needs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that was, um, it's, it's, it's very representative of what we're seeing. You know, we have um, hundreds of clients who have, you know, 100, 200, 300 plus properties, but we also have hundreds of clients who have one, two, maybe not hundreds, but one, two, five, you know, under, let's say 40 or 50 properties, right? So these may be much more, much smaller operators. They may literally be a a single home. Um, And for some people, right, this is, is never going to be like a quote unquote career, right? This is, this is something that they want to do. But for many people, this is the start of a career path a career. that they, yeah, they yeah. want to that they want to go down, and yeah. I mean, my experience is a heck of a good one to choose, you know. And um, mm-hmm. and I think I think that our product, you know, of course, we we sort of have to cater to both of those segments of the business. But the nice thing is, is at least within Breezeway's system, right? You use what makes sense for your business, and I think you know the one thing that I always say to people is, as you're making a decision around what software, whether it's 
operation software, whether it's a PMS or, um, you know, a, a booking channel, whatever you're doing, um, you have to make sure that it works for you today, but that it can also work for you as you plan to grow. And so um, we absolutely work with a, a lot of smaller operators and and it's just really a, a way in which they're adopting features. Um, the other thing is that we just did at VRMA um, this spring, we did a um, a session that was like all thing op- all things operations. And we did like a show of hands, how many people have, you know, under 10 properties. And it was probably a third of the room. Yeah. Um, and we're sense. seeing yeah. these folks are, they're hungry. They're, they're listening to podcasts like yours. They're trying to gather as much information as they can um, to do it right. And to, to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And so, um, we absolutely work with those folks and we want to help them make sure that they're, they're doing the operational pieces of the business. Right. Um, but again, they may not need all of the complexity that the system can support for those larger folks. We'll be back in a minute after a word from our premier brand sponsor, Wheelhouse, the ultimate revenue driving machine. If you're not using a revenue management tool by now, you're probably falling behind your competitors. I mean, revenue management is a, is a huge part of our owner acquisition strategy. Once again, it really comes down to the analytics and the data behind all of these decisions and being able to explain why your rate should be higher in the second week of July than the first week of July. We have a lot of competitors that have a summertime rate and a wintertime rate, period. We're back with Lance Stitcher from Seaside Vacations. Getting homeowners on board with revenue management can be a challenge. Lance tells us how the information from Wheelhouse allows them to attract and retain homeowners. Very difficult to get owners on board with that. There's no doubt about it. It's a, it's a learning curve. It was probably more of a learning curve for us or as much of a learning curve for us as it was for the owners because we had to learn how to sell and how to explain and how to educate the owners on the changes. And, and they may not have agreed with why their rates were what they were, at, particularly in certain off-peak time periods. We also found huge revenue gains early on with the owners that were early adopters. We all know what it's like to sign up for a new platform or service and be so excited for all the things that were promised by the amazing salesperson, only to be disappointed when the support team is anything but supportive. So we wanted to know, how is Wheelhouse's support? I will be honest in that of all of the software products and technology that we use, that they have the best support. If you want to learn how Wheelhouse can help you 10x your revenue, head over to usewheelhouse.com. They're offering our listeners 50% off your first two months. That's right, 50%. Go to usewheelhouse.com and use promo code AlexAnnie or contact them for a demo and mention this podcast. That's usewheelhouse.com, promo code AlexAnnie. Now back to the show. Why, why is it that some of the, I mean, the, the core software companies, like why would somebody choose to add Breezeway if you work with a, one of the big enterprise PMSs? Like why don't, in your opinion, why don't those softwares have what you guys have? What, like, what is the difference? Because back to my point a few minutes ago, it is annoying to have to use multiple yes. platforms. So that would be a big concern. Like I, if I were, was, we have our own custom PMS at Condo World, but if we were going to go sign on with a big one, I wouldn't want to have to do that. And then you know, a breezeway and then something else. And then this, I mean, if you're yeah. buying into one of the big ones that should do all of it, but why, why don't they? So I, this is the analogy that I use um, all the time. And I, I, I mean, it, 
it's the same reason that you have a, a primary care physician and you go to a specialist when you need to see an eye in your <laughs> ears and throat guy, right? Like it's it's the same reason because the the general practitioner or the PMS does so much, right? They have such a wide scope that they're actually um, that they're actually having to service and, and having to serve up for the clients that you can't go really deep. And so, you know, the folks who use one of the big PMSs that do have an operations portion within their system have chosen to work with us because they need to do more, right? They have a more complex business. They really are committed to this part of, of, of their business um, or it just doesn't work. You know, I think a lot of the PMS partners and, and we have a ton of them and, and many of them have an offer an operations platform, but it's pretty baseline, right? It's here's what you need to do. You can schedule a clean, you can do X, Y, or Z. Um, but they're not doing customized checklists at each property um, and building up property specific requirements. They don't maybe have a mobile app that the team can use in the field. They maybe don't have um you know, a dashboard where they can use some of them. Most of them probably have a basic dashboard that sort of fits in. But, you know, there are specific features that, that Breezeway offers um, that are just deeper functionality than the PMS have. So um, it does, I totally hear you. And I, I also think it's a decision that you have to make on like what you're going to focus on in your business on whether or not you do some of the add-on um, mm-hmm. pieces of software. But I, I also completely agree, Alex, with you that like you need an integrated solution or some way to make it easier so that you are not doing like everything twice, right? You, right. If you have yeah. a system where you can't get reservations into it, well, you need to be able to do that. Or, you know, a lot of our clients, a lot of companies are are using multiple systems just because they have to, right? Like many of our clients use Ring Central to text their guests right. and they're manually adding those reservations in to the platform, into the Ring Central system to send the text messages out. Um, not because they want to, but just because they've sort of had to. And so when we introduce our messaging platform and we say, hey, we already have that integration with the PMS. We know who the guests are. We have their contact information. That can all be automated. It, it becomes an opportunity to remove something that they, a function they needed for their business from a system that wasn't connected. So that interconnectivity between the softwares that you choose is is incredibly important. Yeah, for sure. I think that's I think that's a really good point, and I like the way you explained that. I from the channel management side, I have that conversation a lot because a lot of the PMSs have decided that they want to get in the channel management, and I think that's completely fine. And I think that that works for some people. But one of the things that we've found is that from Lexicon standpoint, we have a really good reputation of being sort of granular with our customers and really providing. I had to say white glove service, like really, really get in the weeds with them. And I think that to your point about the PMSs are offering so many kind of different connection options. If you don't have the support to back up each one of those connections, and again, dealing with OTAs can be mind numbing at times. I mean, there's just so many things to navigate and, and COVID unfortunately made it harder because they wanted to automate everything. And so everything's through an inbox. And so it's very frustrating. And I think a lot of people have seen that with Airbnb and with some of the other channels that you just can't get a person. And so when you have somebody who's kind of an expert in one discipline, and I always say that it's kind of like looking at an Olympic sized pool, you know, we each have a lane that we swim in and sometimes people can cross over and do multiple disciplines. I mean, you know, Michael Phelps, he's the, he's the guy that can do it all, but that's really not the norm. I think that everybody needs to um, focus on the discipline that they're good at and offer that service. And together we can provide the best service to the customer. So I, I do think that there are some, some 
situations where it warrants just using your PMS, you know, if you're not doing a whole lot for your guests, but if you're wanting to provide that white glove service from start to finish, you really need to have a lot of, a couple of different options. And, and again, to Alex's point, it can be cumbersome. And I think it was Lino Maldonado shared a story when he was at um, Wyndham Resort Quest, I think it was Wyndham, and they had adopted from Wyndham Corporate a new software. And he went to one of his leads in the, in the panhandle and she was like, I'm not doing this. And he was like, why not? And he was, let me, she's like, let me show you my day about how she went through it. And again, five different systems having to do. And she's like, I just can't add one more thing. And so he started to see like, okay, this is a problem. But again, there are ways for all of this, these systems to speak together. And I think as long as the, the tech solutions are talking to one another, there's room for all of us to be part of yeah. it. Well, and I, I also think that like, you know, we're seeing, we've seen so much evolution in the industry over the last 10, 15 years that the folks who are are still saying, I can only use this one system. I mean, I remember at Flipkey, that was so many, um, so many of the conversations were like, oh, well, it's not, it's not integrated with X or it's not, I, it, I have to go to another platform. I can't use it. Right. I, I think just as a, as a world we're we're using more software and we're using more tools to achieve our job. And, and whether that means you have to use more products to clean a property or you have to use more software to do your job, right? If, if we want to continue to evolve and, and, and stay ahead of our, of the curve in our markets, we have to be sort of forward thinking. And that doesn't mean you have to be the guinea pig for every new right. thing that comes out. Right. Yeah. But it, it does mean that, um, you know, we sort of have to look at that. And and I think as an industry, we've come a long way in doing that. Now, what is the decision to not um, white label a breezeway? Like, have you ever considered that? And I, and I say that because you know, we've talked a lot about the tech consolidation and we are seeing some of these newer platforms instead of saying, okay, we're going to go out on our own. We're going to take it a different route. We're going to white label within some of them, but was that ever a consideration or would that ever make sense for Breezeway? So that um, you're actually within a system per se? I mean, I, that's probably more of a, honestly, more of a Jeremy question. Cause I'm, I'm not sure what the, the business decision behind it. It's not something that we have done. Um, you know, we do offer an open API, um, for our partners. And so if somebody does have the technological capabilities, which, I mean, you guys are sort of uniquely positioned. There's probably a handful of, of companies that can support that. Um, maybe a couple dozen, maybe more than a handful, but, um, you know, we do, we do have an API so people can get that information. They they can pull it out, push it in and, and all that. But it's, um, as far as the business decision, I, I don't think it's something that we've really explored, but I also think that, um, you know, we have a lot of our partners really want to have a really tight integration and, and really want to work closely together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been able to, to really, it's not seamless. It's not in their system, but really try to make it. So, you know, you're doing, you, you have, this team is in, is in the PMS, your operations team is in here and then right. they can push it in and your accounting team can work in your, out of your PMS, just like they do today. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think that kind of goes as far as the white label, I can't speak to that specifically, but between the API and the the partnerships and the, the two-way integrations that we've done, we can get pretty close without, without going into that route. Mm-hmm. Do you see, um, well, I say, do you see one of the things we like to talk about is like what the future looks like. So from Breezeway's perspective, what do you guys see as like your next opportunity? Um, you know, again, you, white labeling, we could talk to Jeremy about that, you know, in a different conversation, but from your perspective, what your what customers are asking for, do you see that there's some enhancements or some new things that are kind of in the pipeline for Breezeway? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, most people probably don't even know that that we have three, three essentially three product lines at Breezeway. Um, we have our operations product, which is what we really launched with. It's what a lot of people know about us. Um, we also have a, a messaging component um, and, and a module, which is a standalone or, or purchased together, which allows um, property managers to, to text back and forth with their guests and automate a lot of that communication, um, as well as uh, a safety product. Um, so you can, uh, our call, my colleague, Justin Ford, um, he runs our direct, our safety and certification program. And he has actually created a, a certification program to get safety inspected uh, for safety inspectors so that they know what to look at to make sure that the properties are actually safe. So within that, we sort of touch a lot of pieces of the business um, and sort of uh, things that need to be addressed and looked at. I think for us, we will just continue, um, you know, continue to to build features that our clients need. You know, we recently rolled out um, an inventory tracking module within our operations piece. So you can now track you know, where you're using your supplies, when they're being used, what property they're used at, when you need to reorder, we notify you of that. and, and again, that's, you know, kind of going back to the, the prior conversation, right? That is typically something that people might have been doing in a different platform. So as yeah. we continue to hear from our clients, we're continuing to try to find areas where we can take some of that burden from them to um, add functionality and features within Breezeway to support the needs of, of the growing industry and their businesses. So um, we're going to continue to build on our inventory platform, which really just launched in Q4 last year. Um, we are continuing to do more customization and personalization um, around the scheduling of work and, and the communication of that work um, out to teams and then building more on um, on the um, the experience of that interaction with the guests through that that text automation. But, you know, there's a couple other things that are sort of in the work. So I'll... I'll um, you know, I'll, I'll leave it that, um, you know, this fall, maybe we'll have some some more exciting things to share with people. But um, I, I think we're really focused on operational efficiency and all of the things that sort of touch that. So I think we're just going to continue to um, we're going to continue to double down on that because it is such an important part of the business. Yeah. Do you see and I'm just curious because there's a lot of hotel operations coming into vacation rental space. And I think that there's opportunity for some of these services to be over in the hotel space. Do you see that you guys could kind of leap over to that side of the business? Or do you think that you're just so customized for sort of, again, go back to the alternative lodging and not normal, what yeah. people think was not normal 20, you know, 15 years ago, um, but it's totally normal now. Do you think that that's just where your space is? I mean, I think that there's an opportunity. We do have some smaller boutique hotels, but I think um, at this point, right, we've really focused on that, the unique, the unique qualities of, of short-term rentals and, and that can certainly apply to hotels. But I I think that, um, you know, we are seeing a lot of, um, we see a lot of overlap and and we're seeing a lot of hotels wanting to come into the the vacation rental space just because of sort of the, um, the attention that that it's gotten um, within the travel sector, but I I think that it's a it's a much I, I can't speak fully to say that like this would make sense, but I I feel my my opinion is that like it'd be much easier for us to go into a hotel space because we're already built for the unique qual like right. the uniqueness the geographical segmentation the different characteristics of these homes and condos, um, whereas hotels are really built for 
a one, a, a, two, a double room, a king room, yeah. and that you need those unique capabilities are, are harder to translate to the VR world. Um, and probably a little easier would be probably a little easier for us to translate um, to that sort of standard room type. Um, but we do work with some hotels today. Um, no, like huge chains, but um, a lot of the more boutique sort of operate more like a VR company in some capacity. Yeah, that's definitely one of the advantages that hotels have over vacation rentals. I mean, the simplicity of, of maintaining, you know, at one building where you have complete control. There's not other hotel groups managing rooms within the building. You know, I mean, that's vacation rentals is, is just complex as a business model. And I think people, new people within the space don't fully understand that. And especially from a condo market perspective, you know, I mean, homes, I mean, they, they, they present their own complexity, but homes in a way I feel like are a little bit easier because you're not competing with somebody else that's also in that <laughs> building, right. right? So, but the condo side of it, you know, in Myrtle Beach and and where Annie is in Panama City Beach, there's some properties that they could have 20, 30 different management companies or yeah. individuals managing units. Well, so, and, and it's interesting too, that from the consumer perspective, right? They don't all one. understand don't that, right? Yeah. I say that this building and it's like, well, you did, but you stayed with company A or company yeah. B, right? You, you yeah. didn't stay with the establishment. And I was just having this conversation with um, somebody who just joined our team and and explaining the complexity around um, like a mid-stay cancellation, right? When mm-hmm. somebody comes in, they check in, I hate this unit. It's not clean. It doesn't have the view. The furniture is not what I thought it was. Right. Whatever we've all, everybody that's listening has, has yeah. heard it all, right? <laughs> Um, it's not just as simple as saying, oh, okay, well, I'm going to move you we'll to this room you. down the hall. Yeah, no, it's that, not that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a challenge. You know, I think, um, property management is hard and, and for everybody who's doing that on a daily basis, like I couldn't, I don't think I could do it. I mean, I, I may, I may try, but it's, it's really difficult. And so I think it's, it's eye-opening, right. To, to listen to the podcast or to, to go to conferences and to, to actually hear and see and, and understand the challenges, um, because whether you have two units or 200, you know, you're, you're still having the same issues. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think exacerbated. That's, that's one thing I, I certainly, you know, respect about you and, and your company. I've, I've seen your team in, in sessions that are not any, anything at all related to cleaning. I mean, like I've seen you in revenue management sessions and, you know, marketing, all these different things. And I, I think it's, it's really important to still have that wide scope of what's going on because that, you know, it, in my perspective, it's, it's kind of the opposite. Like I don't do anything with our cleaning maintenance operations side. I'm solely marketing, business development, advertising strategy, but I mean, I am aware of what's going on, but as far as, you know, the day-to-day and how they operate, give them all the respect in the world, because I know it's very complicated, but, you know, I try and kind of stay in my lane, but just have an idea of it. But I think that's really important to make sure that you are understanding it, especially because you're talking to these clients and you're, you, you just have a better way of sympathize or empathizing with them on, on what the needs are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Corinne, we're so excited to have had you here and it, it's really funny um, to Alex's comment in the beginning, we've known you for a long time. And I think you and I actually met for the first time in person last year at Darm. Um, yeah. And, and it was just so great because your, your personality is 
absolutely infectious. And I'm so grateful to now have you, I, I hope as a friend, um, and just obviously as a friend to the Alex and Annie show, um, but wanted to wrap up and ask you a couple of kind of personal questions, get a little bit more inside Corinne and what makes you tick. Um, but one of the things that uh, I think we talked about was just what you bring to your job. And I was curious what you think the most personal, uh, important personal attribute is for you to bring to your job and what you do every day. Um, well, sometimes I, I would say the the biggest thing I think is is necessary not necessarily in my job on the day to day, but it is um, it's just it's, it's a mantra that I that I've tried to live by, and I, I think has has um, benefited me. Right, is that like, and especially for for this industry, this is a very relationship based industry, and people buy from people they know and people they like, and and. Yeah. I, it, it just, it was natural for me in the very beginning to like form like strong friendships and, and relationships with people, whether they were ever a client or not. And I think that like genuineness is, is, is really important because there's a lot of people that are just trying to sell people things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some of my like closest people within the industry have never bought a product from me. Um, I've never sold them anything. Um, they've never been a client, but um, we have this like mutual respect for one another. And I, I think it, this industry is very infectious for the excitement and the energy that it brings, but also for the, um, the camaraderie and the collaborative nature. Definitely, right. Yeah. So just because somebody isn't a client today doesn't mean that they might not be a client next week. And just because Breezeway isn't a fit for you now, doesn't mean that it won't be in five years. And so I've really just tried to, to both in my personal life and my professional life, be genuine and and kind. And, and, you know, Alex said it earlier, empathetic to what people need, what they need, what they're doing. And, And I try to live life like that. And I think it's, it's benefited me well. And I, um, I want to continue doing that because at the end of the day, it's all about people and, and relationships and not about like whether or not you're my, you're my client. Yeah. hundred percent agree on that. And I think we are all very lucky. And we say this often on the show that our industry is very collaborative. And I think during COVID, we all kind of came together even more, you know, through these different webinars and LinkedIn and podcasts and everything. And now when we go and see each other in person, it's like, I feel like I know people more than I ever did before, but it's, you see I, I more. You yeah, see yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's nice feeling like you're connected to something bigger than yourself or just your own company. And I think that's one thing our industry has done really well uh, without even trying. It's just how yeah. it's evolved. But um, what, one other question for you, what um, just um, a little bit more personal too, what is one story that you remember from your family growing up? This is, <laughs> it's sort of an embarrassing story, but I think it speaks to me as a person. Um, we have, um, we, we moved a lot for my dad's job when I was, when I was young and I'm pretty, I mean, anybody that knows me, right. I'm pretty outgoing. I I've never really met a stranger. I try to <laughs> you know say hi to everybody. I'm, I'm on like that, uh, that commercial that they show where it's like, you don't want to be your parent. Like, nope, they don't need you to tell them where the bathroom <laughs> is. Like, that, that's just me. And, and it always has been, and probably always will be. But, um, my parents used to love to share a story about when we moved, um, I was, of course, trying to like help the movers and tell them where to go and what to do. And um, (laughs) my mom was like, get her out of the house. And and so (laughs) my dad and I were like walking down the street and I I passed a a random stranger and I literally just said, 
hi, my name's Corinne O'Keefe. We are moving in down there. Like, do you want to come to our house for dinner? And my dad was like, (laughs) and it's just one of those things where like, you know, goes back to the, to the last question, right? It's just being kind and embracing and welcoming. And um, that's just always been my personality, but it's, it's a funny story because, you know, my parents used to, my parents used to laugh and my dad always used to, the second part of that story is like, my dad jokes, like she was pretty good looking. So I was like, yeah, do you, you want to come to dinner? Um, (laughs) You know? And, and so it's just, I think it's, it's a funny anecdote that has sort of rung true for, for my life, for my career is just um, embracing, embracing folks and and being pretty welcoming. So, yeah, great answer. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with us, Corinne. It's great to hear a little bit more about you and also about Breezeway. And um, just, we appreciate everything that you do for the industry. So um, thank you for being here. What is a good way for our guests to get in touch with you? Yes. So um, if you're already a client, please reach out. Um, You can email me directly. It's Corinne, K-O-R-Y-N at breezeway.io. If you're not a client and you want to learn more, um, feel free to email our team. It's just VIP at breezeway.io. That'll go to um, our sales team and they um, they'll be more than happy to set up some time to walk you through the platform, um, let you know how it could work, see if it works for your business. And um, I, I also talked to our team. And so if anybody, uh, if for any folks who are listening, they mentioned the Alex Nanny podcast, we're going to be waiving the implementation fees um, through the end of the year. So oh, awesome. um, thank you. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. So feel free to reach out, find us on LinkedIn, social media. Um, our website's just breezeway.io. So awesome. Great offer. Well, we will include um, links to your site and how to contact you in the show notes for anybody. If uh, you, anybody wants to contact Annie and I, you can go to alexandannypodcast.com. Um, leave us a review if you're enjoying the show or reach out to us with any questions or topics or information that you're interested in hearing more about. And we will talk to you next time. And now a final word from our premier brand sponsor, Wheelhouse, the ultimate revenue driving machine. If you are, if you're overpriced, you, you will be empty. And if you are underpriced, you will fill up extremely fast, but the market will always tell you what the correct price is. There will always have to be a human factor involved in the process. Uh, At least that's the way I feel about it. I don't think that, I don't think AI is going to overtake the industry entirely. If you want to learn more about how Wheelhouse can help you 10x your revenue, head over to usewheelhouse.com. They're offering our listeners 50% off your first two months. That's right, 50%. Go to usewheelhouse.com and use promo code AlexAnnie or contact them for a demo and mention that you heard about them on the Alex and Annie podcast. 